Well, this morning we are really, really fortunate to have a couple with us that I've been waiting to have come with us for a long time. Um, I've talked to you about these guys at times in the, in the church. I've had their picture up sometimes. We've talked about them. That uh, the Camachos, I'm going to have them come up in just a moment. The Camachos are missionaries in Mexico. And um, the reason, one of the reasons that I absolutely want them to be part of our church missions family, and we do, they are a little bit, we support them on a monthly basis. I want to do a lot more. Um, is because Angela, and not taking anything away from Daniel, but Angela is a local girl. Um, and she's from here. And her dad um, used to be the pastor, associate pastor in West Bend at the Assemblies of God Church there. He's now the pastor in Beecher, the senior pastor. He planted a church in Bur- Burlington. Burlington. He planted the Burlington Assemblies of God Church. Um, and is one of, and I can say this, one of the finest men of God I've ever met in my life. By absolutely his mother, his wife, her mother and father. Phenomenal couple. Well, they produce phenomenal children. And Angela, um, following the will of God, went to Mexico, as I understand from her dad, for a kind of a one-year deal, fell in love with it, but not only fell in love with Mexico, but fell in love with a, Mex- uh, a, a national Mexican, a son was a God pastor. And uh, they are married, have two beautiful little children, and they are ministering in Mexico right now, kind of revitalizing a church that was kind of abandoned and had gone to nothing in a very poor area. And with very little help, and uh, we want to be one of the places that God uses to help them. We're hoping that just over one year from now, probably next January, a year from January, or maybe February, that we will be doing a missions trip to Mexico to partner with them and helping them do whatever they want done. Um, and so uh, we want, we just want to bless them tomorrow, this morning. They're going to come and share about what they're doing in Mexico and this for a, for a little while. And then um, they're, they're going to sit down and then Pastor Mitch is going to come. But after that, then after service, um, did you, who smelt something really good when you came in church today? That is chicken pozole. And I say that's Italian accent. I don't know how to make a Spanish accent. Chicken pozole. Um, and they're, the pot is big enough to take a bath in. The ladies came in, some of our ladies from our, from our Hispanic um, Bible study that we have, um, and our, every Sunday our Hispanic translation, that uh, they worked yesterday for a couple hours, and we're here at 4 a.m. this morning cooking chicken pozole for you, so that afterwards, yeah, give me... It's a soup. Afterwards, you're going to get it. It's not going to be lunch because there's a couple hundred of us, and they couldn't make that much, but they made this gigantic kettle. Um, and afterwards, you're going to get a bowl of soup, and we're going to have an opportunity for the, to ask some questions to the Camachos afterwards about just what they do, who they are, get to know them a little better. I wanted to take the chance to just get to know them so that our hearts are connected to them. So I've probably given them a longer introduction than they may speak. And so come on up, guys, a- a- Angela and Daniel. Angela, and you guys share with us what God is doing in Mexico. We are so glad that you're here. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Mark. It is a pleasure to be here. As he said, your church has been supporting us now for a year, over a year now, um, and so. It, but it's the first time that we have had the opportunity to come and be a part of your congregation, and so it's it is such a pleasure for us to be here. And we thank you for not only for your your support, but your prayers, and for letting us come and and 
giving us the opportunity to to get to know us and our ministry and what we're doing. We just want to take a few minutes and share just a little bit of what we are doing, what God is doing through us in Mexico. Um, you can see up there is a picture of us with our two young boys. Um, and we are part of a missions organization called Yugo Ministries. It stands for Youth Unlimited Gospel Outreach. The word Yugo is also a Spanish word which means yoked. And so the goal of Yugo is to be yoked, um, the, to yoke the, the believers throughout the United States and Canada to the people of Mexico to share the gospel. And so we're part of that, and it's, it's a pleasure for us. I personally have been a part of that ministry for um, now 11, over 11 years. So uh, it's been quite a, a journey. Um, you can go to the next, move on, on to the next one. We first want to share just a little bit about the people of Mexico themselves. Um, they are primarily Catholic. Um, 2010 census proclaimed that 83% of the people were Catholics. And so it is very, very Catholic. Um, we, in, in the Catholic Church, they have more saints that they worship and pray to than there are days of the year. So there are quite a few of them, and that is a very large thing in Mexico. You don't hear so much in the States, but it is, it is huge. Many people have their altars to their, to their saint, and they pray to those saints like a god. And so it is something that we have to really overcome. Um, the first or second of, I think it's the second of November, they even have an All Saints Day, which is for ev- all the saints. That's kind of their day to celebrate all of those saints, since not each one of them gets their own day of the year, um, they have one general day. Um, the language of Mexico is Spanish, but there are also a lot of dialects. There are many, many different people groups in Mexico, and many of them have their own dialect, their own language. And so um, I have even worked among some of those people that their first language was not Spanish. My first language was not Spanish. And so it made it a little bit of interesting to try and communicate. But there, um, even where we are, there is a large um, is it Triqui? population. And that is, they are Pauipao, um, which is, they are mostly from Oaxaca and Zapateco, which are two other states further south in Mexico. Yeah, for states for further south in Mexico. Um, the f- main food, as a lot of you probably know, is salsa, chili, a lot of the spices. They eat their food very hot. And tortillas, beans, rice, those are their staples, almost every meal. And, of course, Coca-Cola. Where would we be without their Coke? They drink that as we do water, probably. The, every meal, yeah. they have their Coke. It, you... If they're, they, they can't have a meal without it, pretty much. Um, to the Mexicans, relationship is very, very important. Their families are very united. You will commonly find two, three, four families living in one house. Um, part of it is, is need, because they can't afford that more houses, but as well, part of it is just that's what they're used to. They have to have their family nearby. Um, the, the kids don't move out once they turn 18. They don't move out until they get married. And then sometimes they still don't move out. They move their family in. So 
Families are very, very important. I will let my husband share a little bit about the town where we are ministering so you can, you can get a, a look of where we, at where we are and, and what we do there. Well, we are working in, <clears throat> in San Vicente. It's a little town, about 5,000 people. It's a little crazy because we have electricity, but sometimes we don't. <laughs> and it's kind of hard. Last week, right, the woman, we, they had a woman event, and they were working. They were doing some purses, purses and they were working that in like three I don't know, 30 minutes, they didn't have light and it was, was really dark, so they had to stop the, their work. We tried doing it by candlelight, but it didn't work very well. We, we have uh, clean water, but we don't have, um, uh, how you call the um, drain? Yeah, and so most of the people, they have an outside house. How you call it? An outside house. I'm sorry. <laughs> but in, in our church, we have a septic tank, so that's kind of cool. But most of the people, they don't, they don't have it, so you can imagine that. Um, we, we, went, we were invited to, to go to San Vicente and, and rebuild this, this church in 2010. And... It didn't have any 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 members, so this is this is our church. The name is Templo Elim, and it belongs to to Assemblies of God. Um, we have three three buildings: the 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 church, the personage, and another building that is for classrooms. The the church was in and this is the front of the church, and it was in pretty bad conditions the the personage was almost the same a little worse so we 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 have to work first with 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 the with the buildings but we we have to reach the people too so we have to work to get to do together so next please so let me show you how we received the the, the building this is the church so one day we we start um, our services in 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 the classroom building because this is nice the nicest one. So one one day I was outside and 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 one drunk drunk guy was passing by and he and he told me the the church is abandoned right and I said no we are having services I invite you to come we have service on Sunday blah 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 and he said no the church is abandoned and I said no come and see and he. And he he saw the building, this building, he said, no, the church is abandoned. And I, I was feeling terrible because a drunk guy was seeing this, you know? So I was praying and I said, God, help us to, to re rebuild this, this, this building. So little by little, God help us and, and the, the, the dumb one is how it looks not now. The bottom one. But we have to work in the personage too, to to be able to move to to this town. So we we receive a, a a lot of help from from this this um, Trujillo. So we want to show you to the personage. It wasn't that worse. It wasn't that bad. Uh, 
we we had to move all the the roof, but when we we moved the roof, all the the walls were shaking because they don't have um, columns and fundament. So we have to do all that, but we didn't take a picture before. So this how it looks. So next, please. And this is how it looks now. So that's what, what we had to do about the buildings, but we were working with, 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 with the people there too. So we received, we received the, the, the church without members, but right, right now in more, in Sunday services, we have about 40 and 50 people. So yeah, we thank God for the growth that we've made already in, in under three years. So, we're, we're very thankful for that. Um, go to the next one. We have started some different programs now within the church. We have a youth group that meets every other Saturday. Um, there's usually about 10 to 13 youth that meet on a regular basis. They are probably our most on fire group right now, and it's exciting for us. They, they are part of our worship team. They form our worship team. They, anytime we need somebody there, the youth are the first ones to sign up. And so we're very excited to have that group because they then hopefully will grow within, in the church and then form our leaders in a few years. Go to the next. We also have the tambourine girls, which is not something you commonly see here, but during worship, we have a group of girls that is in front. They worship with the, the tambourines to the, the beat of the music. And it, they've just been doing that about two or three months, so it's something fairly new for us, but they've been working for about a year to get to that point. And that's been one of my ministries. Um, working with them, I, I was able to see it at the other church we were part of, but never was a part of it myself. So it's kind of something I'm learning as we go along. We also have now women's ministry. As he mentioned, they, we get together, the women, to learn different um, activities, um, projects. They, they're just learning to crochet using, it's, it's like a raffia, but it's plastic. And so I've got a couple examples in the back table if you want to see those. Afterwards, um, they've learned how to make hats and scarves, and we've done a lot of different things, and, and in the hopes as well that these will help the women to provide for their family. And so we, we try and give them things that they can use um, to better themselves and their family. Um, in November, we were blessed to have our second annual evangelistic outreach. Um, it was a weekend, and we had um, a group of doctors from Ensenada or, or students and doctors come down and attend the people and we had a, a group of women cutting hair and there was a kids program going on and it was just we had about 80 people come and receive either um, care from the doctor or haircuts or bring their kids to the children's program so that was really exciting for us the next picture then is a is the 30 students, medical students that came, and they, they were really excited. They said, when you want us back, you let us know. It is the first time that the town has received a group so large of, of medical students that provide free medical co uh, coverage and, and services to the people there. So once word got out, everybody was there. So it was, it was exciting for us then even to get our name out, to have people know that we're there and part of the community. Um, 
The next picture then shows one of our evening services. We had an evangelist come and preach for two those two um, evenings, and many lives were touched. Um, we didn't have too many visitors, but it was a very, very good time for our congregation to grow. And they have really been seeking God, and so it was exciting for them to have that opportunity and for us as well. We believe that many were touched by the Spirit. Um, we've got a couple projects going on that we want to share about quick and show you some pictures of what we're doing on the actual buildings. Um, now that we've got the actual, the outside of them done, we're doing some extra projects. If you want to go to the next slide. One, one of the problems that we had is, was the altar because it was too high. So I, if I was on the altar, I almost had my, my head in, in the, in the ceiling. So we have to, we have to, Break it and put a new one to be able to to be on on it and have more space. And something that was really worse for me is that I was I was calling the people to come to the altar and nobody came because because I was in front of the altar. So they were kind of I don't know scary or whatever. But now that I'm 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 here, they they can come and they we can pray for them. And that's something really awesome because you can see the people coming to the altar and and having this time to worship the Lord. And we are we are working out with with the with the bathrooms. It's not finished yet, but it's a project that we have now. So you can see how we didn't have anything there now. I, I want to speak very little about our families at the church. They are very poor people. They 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 get like seventy five dollars per week, so is what they they get. Um, most of the people work in the fields, so it's it's what it's all the work that we have in, in San Vicente. Um, they are very humble. They are very humble. If you go to their houses, they 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 invite you to to eat, even if they don't have anything. So well, all they they have, they give it to you, and and maybe they are not gonna eat anything later. But they are very humble. Sometimes we have the opportunities to to give them some groceries because we have this partner with with partnership with Hugo, and they gave us some. Some some funds to order to help the, these people, and we have the opportunity to have a contact too with with an, another ministry, the build houses. So we are helping that because most of the people they they don't have their own houses and they they get a little money, but they have to pay rent too. So we we are trying to help them to have their own houses. So that that's very something awesome for them. It's very little house, but they they and and you know we don't have an hospital in in San Vicente. Sometimes they get sick and they most of them they don't have cars like we do. So sometimes we we have the opportunity to to take them to the hospital in 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 Ensenada. It's about one hour and a half, and with all these things, they, they can see God's love, and, and there's something really great for, for us to help in that way. So, if you want to go to the next one, as um, we finish this time here, just, if you know, how can you help us? Um, of course, your prayers. Um, many of you may not even realize that you were supporting us or who we were, what we did, but um, now that we've been here, we hope that you will remember us in your prayers. We have prayer cards in the back, so if you would um, please take one, keep it in your Bible or a book you're reading, and, and just every time you look at it, just say a prayer for us and our family for... 
um, the ministry we're doing. There is a list of prayer requests um, that we, ongoing prayer requests on the back so that you can know what we need your prayer for. Um, and you can just be keeping us in your hearts. Um, you can come visit us. Pastor Mark already mentioned that you're wanting to have a trip, and, and that would be, I think, it. Combining, yes, we, we hope to see you in 2014. Um, we don't know what projects we will have on the books at that time, but um, we, we would love to have you come. You could also send boxes if you have, you know, if you want to send supplies for our women's ministries, the, the kids, um, anything like that. That's always welcome also. And, you know, of course, we thank you very much for your financial support. It, it is a blessing to us and helps very much in the work that we do. So we thank you. There's just one more. You can put that up. It just has our address on it for anybody who's interested. Thank you and God bless. Who is excited to partner with these guys? Amen. I think this is God. This is God's plan for us to partner with these guys to help them a whole lot more than we have. We're excited. In a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to, to give um, to help them. Uh, I told you last, last uh, Sunday, we want to give them a great Christmas, right? They don't have room to take boxes back, but they can take cash, you know, and so we want to bless them. They don't know. They didn't know that, but I, I told you last week. But I want you, first of all, Daniel, to say something to our Spanish-speaking members. They sometimes feel kind of left out because... I speak in English and I speak really fast in English and uh, Gabby does her best to keep up with me. I try to say I'll keep it under 90 miles an hour and she does a great job translating but I want you to just bless our congregation in Spanish, especially our Spanish people, pe speaking people. Bueno, ¿quiénes hablan español aquí? Muy bien. Primero que nada, me siento muy contento de que hayan hecho pozole, porque ya estoy extrañando, la, tengo una semana y media aquí y, y, y estoy extrañando mucho la comida de México. Entonces, a todos los que prepararon la, el pozole, Dios los bendiga mucho. Thank you guys, we love you, we appreciate you. But all this month we're just talking about what it takes to have a right Christmas. And the staff brainstormed, and we came up with five different ways that, or five different components that would really fit into that. Um, and two weeks ago, Pastor Mark showed us that um, it's really about Jesus and having our focus on Him. And we saw that He is God. He came down to earth, and He was born of a virgin. And because of this, we really do need to listen to what He has to say for us in our lives and how we go about them. Last week, he talked to us about families and our interactions at Christmas. And although he didn't mention it, I think there's a movie that aptly describes those types of interactions. I believe it's called The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Um, you choose which category you think it falls into. But we saw that we will need to be proactive in our family interactions in order to have a right Christmas. We need to start with a clean slate. We should avoid painful or difficult issues when we are together. And for those who are married, we must embrace the leave and cleave principle. And that will help us to make sure that we are keeping uh, a right Christmas. Well, today I get to talk about meaningful gifts. And I'm sure that we can all agree that 
Christmas gifts have become a huge part of the Christmas celebration. There's a lot of time and effort um, that many of us have spent over the last weeks. We've probably gone from store to store trying to find gifts for all the people on our list. And it might be a short list or it might seem like an exhaustive list. And there are a lot of us who find it a complete and utter joy to be able to go around and do that. Some of us really get geeked up about it. We like going and we like doing the shopping and finding all the gifts. There's others of us who would rather have a root canal. And we find it to be an annual chore that somehow we just have to get through. We have to navigate the crazy people at the store and try not to become crazy ourselves. Uh, but sometimes we can get so caught up in finding and giving gifts that we lose sight of what it's really all about. Sometimes we forget why we give gifts. Now, for Amy and I, we have ongoing discussions. And it's, it's funny because it happens every year, probably starts mid-November. What are we going to do? Who are we going to get these gifts for? What's the plan? And we go back and forth, and uh, we keep trying to figure out whether we have enough for individual acts. Okay, And we have this general amount in our head that we know that we're going to go for, and that's kind of just a standard amount, and we try to find gifts. And Amy is a great shopper. She goes for the bargains. If it's not on sale and she doesn't have a coupon, we usually don't get it. But it's a great thing because then we can begin to multiply the gift, and, and it kind of gets conglomerated into a nice little package. But we're always trying to find the gift, Right? We're always trying to find that one that will make us the coolest parents ever or the best relatives ever because we have found the gift. Sometimes we're successful and sometimes other relatives get there. <laughs> but we all try to do it within our budget, right? We're all trying to make sure that we don't go overboard and we're very conscious that we don't want to go into debt. And so that would be tip number one, don't go into debt. But sometimes... She's finding and looking for this gift. And the funny thing is that if you would look at our stack of receipts that come in over November and December, you can see that there's a lot of back and forth that goes on. There's the buying, there's the returning. There's the buying, there's the returning. And that's all before Christmas Eve. Okay? So, but it's neat because she's always thinking, and I appreciate that she's always trying to find that special gift, and I come along for the ride. Um, because she does such a great job at it. So we try to find that great gift, but we've also learned that over the years, sometimes it's not about the money. Sometimes it's about the heart that's behind it. In fact, some of the best gifts that we've received are the ones that are handmade. You know, as parents, you get those craft gifts that come home from school, right? And we've loved it when our children have brought them home. And there's such joy in their eyes as they're giving it to you. I mean, they really don't want to wait till your Christmas celebration. Like, the moment they bring it home, you need to open it. And if you don't, you're not going to hear about it until you do. Or hear the end of it until you do. But we've received snowman door hangers made out of popsicle sticks and construction paper. And it's funny because we looked around and there it is, sitting on one of our doors last night. 
Or we've received ceramic trivets that they've painted or put fingerprints on. Or a cool one that both of our daughters were able to do before we moved was they had these carpet squares and they made reindeer out of their hands and feet. They painted, they had paint on them and plastered it on the, the rug. And so we have commemorative rugs of that year. You know, and it, but it's neat because you get to see those gifts and it's coming from their heart. They're meaning to just bless you with that. And it's such a simple, excuse me, simple attitude. So as we talk about meaningful gifts and hopefully to gain a little bit perspective on what do we do about that, let's take a look back at how this gift giving all began. And Pastor Chris actually stole my thunder by taking my verse for the morning, but that's all right. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now, this is a pretty familiar verse to most of us, right? But there are three things that I want you to notice about God's gift to the world this morning. One, the first thing that I want you to see is that God saw the need in our lives and He knew that He needed to meet it. We were in desperate need of a Savior. Our sin, our choices to go against God, had caused a rift between God and each one of us. There was not a single human or animal or plant or some invention to be made that was ever going to be able to repair that rift. But if it were not repaired, then each one of us would be condemned to eternal punishment. There was no hope without that. And God didn't want any of us to perish. He didn't want us to go into eternal punishment. Instead, He wanted us to have a connected relationship with Him again. So He gave us a gift. A gift that would allow us to be connected with Him for all of eternity, hopefully. Secondly, I want you to understand that God was very generous in what He gave. He did not withhold anything. He saw that we had a big need and that it would take a big gift in order to satisfy that need. God gave us His only Son. He gave us His own offspring. He spared no expense when He sent His Son to become flesh and to live among us. He freely gave us His best with no strings attached. No requirements in return. So we know that God saw our need and He met it and that He gave it to us generously. And lastly, as a foundation to both of these, we see that God gave to us because of His great love. For God so loved the world that He gave us His only Son. Ephesians 2, 4, and 5 emphasize this as well and says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. 1 John 3.1 goes on to describe God's love by saying, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. God's love is great. It is amazing. It is unfailing. It doesn't end. And I love how 1 John 3.1 says that it, He lavished it on us. And I always, I just like the word lavish. It's got a nice ring to it. But, it goes on, and it's really, He just gives it to us in great quantities. It is without limit. He just pours it out over and over and over again. He never withholds it 
He never takes it back. So what does this all mean for us? That's all nice to know. We can be a little encouraged by it, that God's love is great and that he sent his son for each one of us. But how do we respond to that? How do we live our daily lives in response to that? What kind of tips can we take from that? I mean, it's, it's incredible to see that God displayed such extreme generosity. But should this have any application for our lives as we go about our daily lives as Christ followers? I mean, I think it can be fun and exciting to give gifts to my family. I think each one of us as parents or relatives can love it when our son or daughter, niece, nephew, grandson, granddaughter, their face lights up, right? When they open a present that really is what they wanted. I mean, who doesn't love it when their child says, this is the best gift ever, and it's the fifth year in a row that they've said it? But we love it, right? We love when the eyes just light up. But after I read a blog that my wife Amy came across, I've been challenged this year to do more. I think it's not, for the last few years, I've probably been a little bit more internal family focused. And I think that when I read through this blog, it just dovetails with God's example of generosity. It's not just generosity toward my family, but it really speaks toward having a generous spirit. And I think that's something that we can all begin to cultivate or continue to cultivate and grow, that we have generous spirits as believers. Just as God was generous to us, we can be generous to others. Matthew 10.8 says, Freely you have received, freely give. Maybe that's an attitude that we need to really have start to well up within side of us. And in this blog, Ann Voskamp retells a question that was posed by her oldest son one night as she tucked him into bed. He asked, Mom, what does Jesus get for his birthday? She was a little dumbfounded by that question. I mean, how do you respond? And just the first thing that kind of came to her mind as she's trying to get him to bed was, um, cake? You know, well, I'm going to make him a, a cake. You know, that's what Jesus wants, right? But it didn't really satisfy him. So he goes on and asks, well, if we get wrapped presents for our birthdays, if people give up other things to give something to us for our birthday, then why don't we do that for Jesus' birthday? Hmm. What if we stop to think about that for a moment? about what Jesus would like for his birthday. What might be on Jesus' wish list? Hmm. That's probably a really interesting question. I mean, when you really stop and think about it, what do you get for the king of the universe who has everything already? I mean, you thought your dad was hard to buy for. (laughs) How do you go for the king of kings and the lord of lords? You know, Psalm 50 says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. What am I going to get for him? You know, a little remote control car? (laughs) But when I considered it for a while, I thought of scriptures like this. Micah 6.8 says, He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. 
Or maybe James 1.27, which says, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. Or maybe Matthew 25.35-40, where Jesus says, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and naked and invite you in and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? The king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. I guess this Christmas season I've really been struck by this idea of generosity. And after seeing how amazingly generous generous God was in giving His Son, I have to ask myself these questions. Mitch, how much generosity is really in your heart? How generous are you toward others with your time, with your attention, with your finances and other resources? And as a father and a husband, what kind of example or model or legacy am I leaving for my children? Am I showing them a generous spirit or am I showing them someone who tries to hold on to as much as I can? If I take a candid assessment of the state of my generosity in the recent past, I would say that I'm probably not where I need to be. I've lost my focus in that area. But thankfully, by God's grace, I can make changes and start growing in that again. I can begin to cultivate that once again, that heart of, you know what, freely I have received, freely I need to give. So, after reviewing this blog by Anne and a few others, um, and just other random ideas, came up with a few fun, creative, and potentially exciting ways to just begin to grow that once again. As we heard earlier from the Camacho family, there are needs that they have as missionaries on the field. So maybe one thing that we can do is we can bless a missionary family like the Camacho family and the projects that they have. And maybe it will be an ongoing, recurring gift. Maybe it's a one-time gift that God just says, you know what, I want you to give to this project. The needs are great. There are a lot of things that they would like to do. They need the finances to do them. Maybe we can go through some gift catalogs of organizations like Samaritan's Purse or Compassion International, World Vision and others. And I thought this was really interesting. And I love this idea. And we're going to start doing this over the next week where we can go and we can buy gifts that will help families across the world. I mean, who would have thought that you can spend $10 and buy seeds for a family farm. That they will be able to have things for not only their own family, but they might be able to go ahead and then sell it to others. Or maybe you can go and buy a goat. How awesome would that be? I just bought a goat. You know? And you know, we think, okay, it's just a goat. But think of what that means 
in other countries. They, people that you're buying that goat for, they can either use it for their own uh, benefit or they can sell it and you know, use it then the money for other things that they have need of. Or maybe you decide that you're going to you know, buy a well that brings clean water to a remote village or health care to an expectant mother in a third world nation. There are so many ideas and it was just exciting to see, you know what, 10 20 $25 will get you so much. I mean, here we think, okay, how can that even happen? But $25 can provide two months of meals for someone overseas. $25 here barely gets my family through McDonald's. But over there, it provides family or food for an individual for an entire month or two. How incredible is that? And God will just continue to multiply that and grow, right? Maybe you can start, this was an interesting idea, a thanks mob in your neighborhood or in the community. We've seen flash mobs, right? They just pop up all over. What if you started as a family to just start mobbing people with thanks? Maybe in your house you just put together a basket of thank you cards and chocolates. And as you think of someone, you write a little thank you note. Stick it out with a, a candy bar and you, know, you stick it out in the mail. And just say, thank you, Mr. Mailman, um, you know, through rain or snow or sleet or hail. I'm always getting my mail. I didn't even mean to rhyme. That's awesome. <laughs> thank you, Lord. <laughs> or maybe you stick it out for the garbage collector. I saw the one lady had posted a picture where her kids had designed stuff on construction paper and taped it to the garbage uh, can. And, you know, just a thank you for what they do. Or maybe it's to a school teacher or your bank teller or your hairstylist. For some of you, you may want to consider giving them the whole bag of chocolate for the work that they do on your hair. Just saying. Um, but listen to the needs around you, right? Listen to the needs of those around you. That's another way that we can just bless people. There are people, even in this body, who are in need. And sometimes we just have to open our ears to say, what can I do? How can I bless someone? How can I help someone? They're in a need. Maybe you just start to listen and hear what are the things that are really impressed on their heart right now that are pressing needs. And sometimes you may want to add an element of excitement and intrigue. I mean, who doesn't love that in their lives, right? Add a little mystery. Maybe you go and bless someone secretly. And then it's fun and exciting to hear. They're like, who would have done such a thing? I can't believe they did that. I remember a time when someone had lost money at a youth convention and I just left a little note with a little money and just there it was. And he couldn't figure out who it was. It was so fun to just listen and hear. And it, for those of you who have seen my handwriting, you know that, well, many people would describe it as a woman's handwriting. And so it, it adds even that little more element of excitement and intrigue because they're like, what girl came in here and gave me this? And I have to giggle and laugh inside. And unless he listens to this podcast, he'll probably still never know. Because it's fun. You know, just dropping things off at people's houses. 
Okay, what if you ding-dong ditched someone and left a basket of food on their, on their porch? How much fun would that be? Okay, some of the crazy stuff is coming out, I guess. But what if you went around shopping? And many of you are still going to have some shopping to do over the next week. What if you stopped and thanked the tired, sad-looking workers? Right? They are just, oh, I cannot wait. What, ten more days or nine more days. I just want to be done. What if you stopped and thanked them? Gave them a hug. Okay, you got to be careful with that. Use your discretion. But what if you just extended that little bit of love as you're going out shopping? They're providing a service to you. Maybe you can just show them the love of Christ in return. How cool would that be? Maybe you adopt a shut-in and bless them with your time or your efforts or just going over and decorating uh, their house, just spreading a little holiday cheer. Obviously, this is not an exhaustive list. But the point is to find ways to be generous. I have to say I'm kind of rejuvenated in some ways just to think, what can we do? Who can I ding-dong ditch? (laughs) But you can be creative in your journey to spread the love of Christ to others. And hopefully we can just remember the model that God gave us. That He gave because He saw our need and He wanted to meet it. That He gave us generously. He didn't spare anything. Maybe we can have that same generous spirit because of the love that He has put inside of us. So hopefully we can follow his example, not only in the next few weeks as Christmas is on its way, but maybe that becomes an attitude that we have all throughout the year. Lord, we thank you for today. We just thank you for the exciting things that you are doing in our lives. We thank you for the Camacho family and just their heart and what they are doing in uh, San Vicente. And we pray that you would just continue to further their ministry that you would bless them so that they can continue to bless others. Lord, we pray that you would help each one of us to have an attitude of generosity day after day. And that maybe we would just be able to bless someone else this Christmas season. And then in 2013, that just becomes a way of life. That we have a generous spirit day after day. We're always looking, always watching for who we might be able to bless as you prompt us. We thank you, Lord. We pray that you would bless us as we head out in a little bit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.